ask you a question. Anybody out there grateful for freedom this morning? So here's what, here's what I would like to do real quick. Um, I would like to honor our veterans today. And so if you are a veteran, would you come? Would you come and line up right across the front here? Um, and so we're going to have you guys stand up, turn around and face the crowd. Uh, I'm going to have Mr. Wally stand at the end because I'm going to have Wally, who's one of our elders, pray over all of you once we know any of our veterans. Come on, guys. Don't be shy. Come on. Come on. Come on, church. Give it up for him. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. for just a second. Here's what we're going to ask these guys to do. Kayla's going to bring the mic around. And uh, you guys, we would love to know your names. Tell us where you served, when you served, what branch you served. Uh, we'd just like to hear a little bit uh, of, of your service to our country. So we want to start on the end here. Uh, United States Navy, 76 to 80. I was on a destroyer. What's your name? Oh, Craig Schuler. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. I'm Jeff. I'm, I'm here because of my son. My son was a, my, a veteran. Thank you for standing here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Lynch served in the Navy uh, from 2008 to 2015. I'm Eden. I served in the Navy on the USS Eisenhower from 2010 to 2013. Good morning, Joe Boss. I served the U.S. Coast Guard 1988 to 1995. Larry Willis served in 1964 to 1968, U.S. Navy. Kathy Wise, U.S. Army, 1974. Preston Wise, uh, United States Coast Guard, 1982, injured and honorably discharged. <laughs> Jenna Popper, 2004 to 2005, U.S. Army. Dean Barber. Jim Massey, um, Air Force, uh, 79 to 83, participated in Desert Storm. Uh, I was a reservist most of those years. Uh, Sean Parks, United States Air Force, from 2012 to 2018. A lot of, lot of, lot of boat people this morning. Did y'all notice that? A lot of boat people. So, Mr. Wally, tell us a little bit about your service. This is Wally Meyer. He's one of our elders here at the church. As a matter of fact, he said it this morning, so I'll repeat his words. He's the eldest elder here at our church. So, Mr. Wally, would you tell us about your service, and then would you pray over all of these veterans? Amen. Yeah, Wally Meyer, and uh, I was in the Army uh, during the Korean conflict from 52 to 54. That goes back a little while. <laughs> Amen. 
And for some reason, they didn't send me to Korea, which is during the Korean War. They sent me to the southern part of Germany, and I ended up as a supply sergeant in an armored engineering organization. And it was great. As a supply sergeant, you get, you, you get to do everything, and everybody loves you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can help everybody. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good service. You're the dealer. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I you got, know how this works, Mr. Wall. I got, I got good sheets for the officers. I took good care of them. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we want to just thank you yes. uh, for each, each man and woman up here. Yes. Because I didn't realize, and I don't think they did either, that when we signed that little piece of paper and took that oath, that we just gave up our lives. We were going to be obedient to whatever the orders were. And we were proud of it. So we thank you, Father, for your protection. Each one of us up here had incidents that could have caused our life. But you took good care of us. You're a good, good God. You're a good, good Father. Father, I ask that you in some way today, through the Holy Spirit, minister that honor to each of these men and women who gave up their lives. Yes. Thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Church, come on, give it up one more time for your veterans this morning. Thank you, guys and gals. Appreciate you very, very much. Thank you so, so much. church anybody ready to be in church this morning marcus got us going a little bit this man they did good worshiping this morning didn't they man i was uh i was recovering from worship we had church up in here already this morning but uh i mean i I hope you're ready to hear god's word today if you don't receive a guide the ushers are here they'll be happy to hand you one just raise your hand they'll bring it to you and uh it's got sermon notes in there it's also a connection card so if it's your first time here We would love to know that this morning, and uh, we just asked for four pieces of information. Try to make it quick. Name, email, phone, and birthday. And so if you would fill those out and mark first-time guests so that we would know, I promise you nobody's going to show up at your house, okay? We're not doing any of that kind of stuff, so you have a, 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 a no-hassle guarantee. But we would like to know you're here, and I would like to send you a little message or maybe even personally connect with you myself. Um, so welcome, welcome. And for those of you that are the first time here, it's kind of a little bit different. We don't pass a bucket or an offering plate, just so you know. That never happens. Um, what we have is we have boxes in the back of the room. So people put their tithes and their offerings in the boxes as they leave. So for those of you uh, that just wonder what happened, because I've had that question a few times, we want to tell you that. But if it's your first time, please do not feel compelled to give. We're just glad you're here. And so thanks for being here. Uh, Real quick, a couple few announcements that are going on. Really excited. Next week, have a really cool thing going on. So uh, Eden is our youth director, and she's killing it, by the way. Um, and, And so really excited to have her as part of our staff and what's going on at Thrive. By the way, I told you guys I got to uh, pray to receive Christ, one of our boys at at the Thrive Center. That same boy started book number two. And then on the same day, uh, because he went to school and told these other kids about it, I walk in the door and there's this boy, I don't even know him. He goes, you Pastor Mike? I went, yeah. He goes, you do a lesson with me? 
I'm like, uh, yeah. And so the boy sitting next to him goes, well, I want to do a lesson. So I did a two for y'all. I had two boys that started their books. Hey, listen, be praying, all right? Because Contavious and Malcolm, two more lessons, and we get to talk about whether they would like to pray and receive Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you, right? So that's what it's all about. But hey, uh, uh, Eden's doing a great job at Thrive, but youth group, our youth group meets on Sunday night, so they meet tonight. So if you've got a youth that would like to come, 6.30 over at our Thrive Center, uh, probably the easiest way to find it is look on Facebook and put in Thrive Teen Center, and you'll find it there. But they're doing something really cool. They are in a series right now at youth group that is knowing and using your gifts, right? Those things that God has given you. So they're doing something really, really cool next week I want to invite you to be a part of. So next Sunday, I'll remind you again. There's going to be, you can get either on Facebook or YouTube and there'll be a video. And what we're doing is they're doing a video auction, okay, of their gifts. So here's kind of the concept. So one of my daughters is just slightly OCD and loves putting things away. So she is actually putting up on hers, I think it's like two or three hours of she will come and organize your garage or your junk drawer or whatever. And so you bid and you're going to be able to bid by text message. Right, So you're going to watch the video at home, either on Facebook or on YouTube, and then you're going to send in your bid by text. Highest bid wins. Does that make sense? Coolest thing about it is all of the money, it's not for the kids. It's not for scholarships. It's not for them to go to camp. All the money they are making is going to go to Camp Anderson, which is putting on Christmas for foster kids. So all of the money that they make next week will go buying presents for foster kids. You got me? All right? So when you bid... Don't be cheap. You know what I'm saying, people. All right? Because it's not our kids. But anyway, so be a part of that. It's called Go Bid or Go Home. It's kind of cool. Uh, man camp's coming up November 20th and 21st. So men, get signed up. going to be a lot of fun. Um, really excited about that. Check it out online. And then the last Sunday of this month, we do fifth Sunday family worship, everybody. So whenever there's five Sundays in a month, we have our children's ministry come in and join us. And it's a noisy, loud, amazing service. Uh, but those days are, that's family day. And so we do child dedications and baptisms. So if that's something that you would like to participate in, get online. There's signups on there where you can register for child dedication or baptism. And then let me say one last announcement. I want to get into the word today. Um, for those of you that it's your first time here or you've been coming for a short amount of time and you'd like to know more about who we are, what we do. Today is a perfect day. So we do life steps every month and today is life step two, but today specifically is the day where I talk about how we govern our church, how we deal with finances, the structure, the leadership, the checks and balance, who keeps Pastor Mike in check, right? Um, and, and that in our life steps. So right after service, if you go out and down the hallway to the left, the rock is down there and we will do life steps. I promise to, to keep it to about an hour. I know you're going to already have listened to me for a long time. I always say that in life steps. Uh, y'all are amazing because you listen to me and here, and then you listen to me for another hour. I, I get sick of me. So, but it, it come today. If you just are kicking the tires on church of the lakes and want to know who we are today is the best day for you to come and do that. So come and join us. We have been uh, in a series studying the book of Galatians. And today is actually the final installment. We've done six weeks, six chapters of the book of uh, Galatians. And today we are in the sixth chapter. This is the end. Don't worry. If it's your first time here, I'm going to catch you up. You're not going to miss anything. But one of the biggest things that you need to hear, the theme of what's been going on and what we've been talking about is this idea of the gospel versus a fake gospel. Okay. So the gospel means good news, but the fake gospel or fake news, we won't get into politics too much today. 
I just wanted to see what kind of reaction I would get. Just that's all. It was pretty awesome. Like y'all don't even know how to act. You're like, Ugh. anyway. Hey, hey, I'll just say this. Regardless of what happens over the next couple months, Jesus is still sitting on the throne, everybody. Come on now. So anyway, gospel versus fake gospel. The gospel is this, that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Right? He, he doesn't want to just be your God or be an idol or be somebody that you look up to. He wants to have a relationship with you. And what we learn in the first part of Galatians is that there's these people that come in and kind of say, no, you got to do this laws and you got to do these rules and you got to do this and you got to do that kind of a thing. And it becomes not the real gospel. It becomes a fake gospel. It becomes religion. It's the difference between relationship and religion and all of us, every single one of us, including the guy you're listening to today, we go back and forth between these two concepts. For those of us who have done the religion things and we've had an experience with God, we will have these moments of of experiencing. And man, I got to tell you, I spent some time with the Holy Spirit this morning that was amazing, like more amazing than normal. And so I got the chance to do relationship this morning in a different way. But I know just as easy I get into where I'm doing it in religion or I'm doing it out of duty or have to. Come on, anybody ever? Don't lie. You ever been to a church serve day or a church anything? And on the way there, you're kind of like, oh, come on. Some of y'all, I was driving here this morning. Don't even lie. Right? And the reality is, is we get so far away from our relationship with Jesus that it becomes have to, that it becomes a demand, that it becomes religion. But let me remind you that the gospel equals Jesus plus nothing. Are you hearing me? The gospel equals Jesus plus nothing. The gospel is not due. The gospel is done. Are you hearing me? Right? The reality that Jesus has already done what needs to be done, that we might have relationship with him. But it's our silliness. Come on, y'all. It's our silliness and craziness that continues to put religion into what we are and aren't supposed to do. It's why we have all the denominations. Right? I grew up in the Episcopal Church. And we walked in and you had to walk in quiet. So it's all quiet. I do miss kind of that reverence and awe thing. That is kind of cool. You know what I mean? But we walk in and quiet and you get to the aisle and you had to, you know, and do. And, and the first time I took my girls to an Episcopal church, they're like, Dad, this is crazy. Because it's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, right? Down, pew, little pew kneelers. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody do that stuff? And and, and it's funny how we will get into these patterns of thinking that if I do this, it's going to make God love me more. Or if I do this, it'll make, it'll, it'll make me close. And listen, we get into this religion. And so that's what Galatians, that's what Paul's been dealing with, with the Galatians through this whole thing is this concept of religion, not relationship. And so I want to pick up and actually I want to go back for just a second into Galatians 5 to set up. Galatians 6. So let's look at this verse real quick. Galatians 5 and 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be what? What? Free. Free. Okay. What is freedom? Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. That's not freedom. Freedom is the ability to be who you were created to be. Let me give you an example. If you're a toaster... And you decide, I don't want to be a toaster anymore. I want to be a volleyball. Let me ask you how well that's going to go for you. 
the first time that you hit the concrete when somebody spikes you? Besides the fact that you just slice somebody's hand open. Are you, are you hearing? Like, and we laugh. Like, okay, that's kind of funny and silly. But how silly do we look when we are operating outside of what we were created to be? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Right? It's the same thing. It's no different. Freedom is not that we can do whatever we want. Freedom is that I'm put into a position that I can do whatever it is that I was created to do. I'm just going to surprise you. I know it's going to surprise you. Mike was not made to dunk. I mean, I got on my thank God for basketball shirt this morning. But no, no matter how many times I go, unless we lower the hoop. If we lower the hoop... That's good stuff right there. We do that at the teen center, okay? But listen to me. I was not created to do that. Are you, are you tracking with me? And so I can stand out there all day and run at the hoop and fall down and run at the hoop and fall down. And so many of us, that is the place where the enemy has us. He's got us deceived to where we think that freedom is I can do whatever I want. And we go following our feelings. We go following the popular thing. Right, come on, come on, social media is our guide. <laughs> right? Oh, she got a new kitchen. I, I want a new kitchen. <laughs> right? The, 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 the chasing, instead of saying, God, who, who am I? Freedom and the ability to do whatever I'm called to do. I, I, was, I had the opportunity to accept Christ when I was in seventh grade. I was, believe it or not, I was in an Episcopal church and we had a speaker come in. And, and this guy, he, man, he just gave the gospel. And I can picture the, the little fellowship hall. And I got down on my knees and my hands on the little chair. And I prayed the prayer. And I, and I knew I had had something experienced with God. But I grew up in the Episcopal Church. We didn't read our Bibles. Like, I didn't know jack about the Bible, really. I mean, I, I think I knew it started with Genesis. But that was about it. And, 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 and so we prayed this prayer. And what happened after that was that I didn't have any follow-up. As a matter of fact, I had a couple of people say to me, what do you mean you got saved? You've been in church all your life. Well, as a seventh grader, that just kind of made my brain go, right? Like, was that not real? Was that? And so I struggled for a number of years to respond to what that really was. There were times that I felt close to God, but then there were times that I felt kind of burnout. And so I was on this roller coaster of performance. Does it, is anybody else ever experienced this? This roller coaster of performance that we do with God, where we, we, we maybe have an experience or, or we have an understanding of something about him and we make some kind of decision or whatever, but then we don't back it up with this knowledge of what it means to have relationship with him. And so we try to earn gold, gold stars and sometimes we do really good and sometimes we stink, right? And it's this crazy and so often people walk away from the church because they're frustrated. I, I tried God, right? Like there's, there's tons of people that are not sitting here this morning that used to sit in church that tried God. And what happened was they were drawn into a concept of religion and not relationship. They were never taught or shown how to draw into what it means to have a real relationship with God in a time where you receive his love and who he is. So it says... You, my brothers, were called to be free. Keep reading. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, what are you supposed to do? Serve one another. 
in love. The entire law, check this out. Now remember, he's been dealing with law with the Galatians, right? Because they're trying to follow laws. They're trying to follow religion and all this. And he's dealing with this law thing in this moment. And he says, okay, look, 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 look. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, all those laws you're trying to do and all those things you're trying to do, those gold stars. You know what he wants you to do? He just wants you to love. Do you remember, Peter? Do you love me? Remember Jesus asking Peter that? Hey, hey, hey Peter, do you love me? Well, yeah, 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 I love you, God. Then feed my sheep. Then take care of my people. Then lo- like to love one another. Now, let me ask you, in this time of interesting politics, are we loving one another? Are my posts loving that's the command that that's the call like that that's what it, that's what it means to be who jesus has called us to be see if you're not living in freedom of the gospel in relationship then serving others is compulsory you feel compelled you have to are you following what i'm saying like i have to show up i have to do this i have to kind of thing and because i was not trained and i didn't have a bible reading habit I looked at, 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 these, at, at this event that happened in my life as a get out of hell free ticket with a bunch of things that then I had to do following that, right? And or it's my get out of free ticket with all these things that I'm not allowed to do anymore. That's, that's, that's religion. That's not relationship, right? And we talked about what that meant. So let me, let me say it to you this way because I'm not set free by the gospel to do whatever, right? I'm set free to live out Jesus version of my story. So look at John 13 and 34. Jesus says a new commandment. I give you that you what love one another, just as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? He died. He gave it all. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to poke and prod a little bit this morning. Would you die for a Democrat? Would you die for a Republican? Would you die for someone on the other? Because that's the call. Listen to me. That's the call of being a follower of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's that we love one another. That is, that is the highest call above all others. Look at this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you what? If you love for one another. Our freedom, what is our freedom for? What, what are we supposed to do with this live it out thing? So I figure out, okay, Mike's not supposed to dunk. So a few years ago, I gave up my NBA dreams, right? I figured out probably never going to play in the NHL because I stink on ice skates. Anybody else? Right? At, at some point, I've got to understand. So Jesus comes into my heart and he wants to have a relationship with me. And now I'm given freedom. Freedom to be who I'm called to be. So obviously the next question is, who am I? What is it that Mike does well that can be done to love others and to bring glory to my heavenly father? That's the call. That that I might serve other people. Serving God is not about what we do. It's about how we love. It's a relationship. 
It's all about relationship. Thinking about this sermon driving around in the car this week. And I talk a lot, for those of you who are new, about driving around in the car. I might have a slight issue with people in the left lane. I need deliverance is what I'm trying to say to you. And I'm thinking about this concept. And I'm thinking about what we're about to read here in Galatians. Matter of fact, let me jump into that. Galatians 6, 1 and 3. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, let me ask you, do you ever encounter anybody caught in sin? Well, if you're breathing, you do. Because you're there. Are you, are you hearing me? Like, I say it all the time, but I think we need to say it almost every day. We are a sinful people. We know this. Yes? Yes? We are surrounded in a sinful world. Yes? Why are we so tripped out when stupid happens? Like, that's the norm. That's, that's what's going to happen tomorrow. Are, are you hearing me? That, like, like, stupid's going to happen when you go to work tomorrow. Might be you. Might need to look in the mirror and say stupid, right? I mean, it's just going to happen because it's, it's a, brothers and sisters, someone's caught in sin. Listen, you who live by the Spirit should restore, restore that person rightly. Tell them the rules. Tell them how to get their crap together. Is that what it says? What's the word, church? Gently. Gently. Can't help but picture when I hear that verse, Jesus and the woman who caught, is caught in adultery. She's wrong. She committed adultery. She, she, he could kill her and none of us would have anything to say about it. it. It's right. And what did he do? Where are your condemners? Who condemns you? Neither do I. Now get up and go sin no more. Right? This is, this is the call of Jesus on each one of us that we would restore gently. Listen, catch this, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. What does that mean? Well, that means when you go deal with stupid, you're going to be tempted to react badly to stupid. Yes? Anybody get angry? Anybody get angry this week at somebody? I won't make you raise your hand. Guarantee you there's somebody in this, oh, holy church this morning that was driving around this week and told somebody they were number one. Because we're sinful, right? Because, because we have this sinful nature. Watch yourselves or also you'll be tempted. Listen to this, carry each other's burdens. That's the air conditioner for those of you who are new. We just learned to deal with it. Okay, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Let me say it to you this way. Anybody have to stand in line this week and it was irritating? Anybody have anybody at work irritate you this week? Anybody have maybe somebody at your kid's school irritate you? That just told you, listen to me, carry their burden. Did you hear that? Does that mean blow up and yell at them? Because that's what Mike does. And you know what Mike's really famous for? Anybody ever do this one? You yell at them and you go, wow, that's the only way I could get anything done. Come on. That's not what this says. That's not what the scripture tells us. That's, that's not this, right? Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, listen, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Remember, he's comparing law, Old Testament, religion to relationship. The law of Christ is that you might love that you might carry the burdens of everyone around you. 
If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. That verse is so convicting for me. Because the reality is when I'm in that left lane and that little old villager is going 30, Listen, for whatever reason, Mike thinks he's better at that point. Are you hearing me? My day is more important than yours. My time is more valuable than yours. My way of thinking is better than your way of thinking. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's what it says. Don't think so highly of yourself and deceive yourself. Like it is so easy for us to get to that place to think I'm smarter I've got it together more. This person is stupid. Right? Like we do this at work. We, we have this, this ongoing struggle. My anger is me thinking that I am something. All right. So now I brought us to this place. Now we're at this place of total conviction. Right? This place where if you, if you really were connecting it all with what I'm just saying, we can go to a place now where we're like, well, I stink and I get angry and I get, I get mad and I want it my way and I bark at people and I do all these things. So you know what? We go into, catch this, we go into religion mode, which is self-help mode. I just, I just, I'm just going to, this week I'm just going to be a little kinder, right? Because isn't that what the Bible says for us to do? Isn't that the rule? Again, if I just follow that rule, then everything will work out. How many of you know that it doesn't work that way? How many of you know that your sinful nature takes a rule and goes through the rule? Right? We miss something because we find ourselves and we come to church and we feel this little bit of conviction and we feel this. And I took you there on purpose for that reason. But I want you to understand what Paul is trying to say to the Galatians, what I think the Lord would love to say to us. And that is, you're not going to get better at loving people and being gentle and being kind with your words and being patient and long-suffering and all those things that we read in the scripture. I don't know about y'all, but if I'm really, really honest, when I read those kind of verses, because of my personality type, I'm just like, right? Patience is a stupid word. Whoever came up with that word needs to find Jesus. Right? Come on. Patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Come on, every anybody here, if you are honest, don't be all holy because you're in church. Ever read the gifts of the Spirit and just go, Ugh. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I mean, I, my sinful nature will go to that place. But do you know why I have a hard time with it? Because I'm practicing religion. Because it's a rule for me to follow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are not able to follow rules. Did you know that? I I could pull some of y'all up here. We could tell your story. (laughs) Right? Because of our sinful nature, because of who we are, we have a hard time following rules. But the point is this. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. See, you can't give what you don't have. And if you have not done enough relationship with Jesus to receive his love, 
and to receive his patience and to receive his gentleness and receive his kindness, then guess what? You ain't got it to give out. See, it was never about religion. So even though we came to that place a few minutes ago and some of us were like, man, man, I do, I stink. And, and I say, I mean, I talk about the left lane almost weekly with you guys, right? And y'all make fun of me. And some of y'all pull up behind me on 27 and honk. <laughs> Pastor Matt, yeah. Brent Tyler. But listen, listen, it's, it's because Mike is operating out of religion. It's because I've got a list of rules of things like this is what I'm supposed to do and this is what I'm, and I'm supposed to be nice. So I walk into a situation with somebody that I know is going to be conflict. And I'm like, okay, Mike, be nice. Right? And our sinful nature goes, I don't, I don't want to be nice. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be nice. But I notice if I've spent time that morning reading my word, if I've spent time that morning praying and trying to hear the Holy Spirit, if, I, if I've spent time that morning saying, Holy Spirit, I want to, I want to hear you this morning. Can I, and this is no joke, you can't make this stuff up. I was driving to the office this morning and somebody pulled out in front of me on the way to the, it was hilarious. And I laughed out loud and said, thanks God, that was awesome. And I'm just telling you, the only difference was I had time with the Holy Spirit this morning. Are you hearing me? It's all about relationship. You can't give what you don't have. And so many of us are struggling, trying so hard to be better Christians through self-help, right? Right? When you can't give something that is not inside of you, you've got to receive it from God. Let me me keep uh, punching through Galatians 6 here. Galatians 6 and 10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So after we get this gospel straight, this, this religion relationship thing, right? Then what he says is now do good to the believers. And he's not saying, okay, now get your act together and be nice. No, what he's saying is if you get that straight, if you will get relationships straight and you spend time with the heavenly father and you feel his presence and you go, wow, I'm loved. I actually can read that word that says I'm a masterpiece and sort of believe it. Right? Like, like the, the, the care and the love that he has for me, I can turn around and give it away because I have it. Therefore, if you have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who are believers. So I want to finish today talking about this. And and, and I needed to set it up this way because I want to talk to you about your sphere of influence and where God has called you to be, because the scripture tells us to be salt and light, right? We always say, what is that? That means wherever you go should be better and brighter, right? Better and brighter. But not because you feel like you have to. That's religion. But because it is coming from a relationship with Jesus. Are you hearing me? Like if you feel like you have to do something here at church, let me challenge you that you are probably operating under religion. And that's not something for us to go, okay, well, I guess I just need to have a better attitude about doing the donuts this morning. That's that's not the thing. I just need to have a better attitude about setting up. No, 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 no. Listen to me. You need more Jesus. And I don't mean that from the standpoint of a conviction. I mean relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
You need relationship. You need a time with God. And, and there's no way around it. And the scary thing is, is most of the time we run away from what it is that we need the most. We've got time for everything else in our life. But I'm just telling you what you need the most is time with God. What you need most is time with the Holy Spirit for him to recharge you and remind you who you are and why you were created. Because then I can go to work and that person, anybody here feel like you have more crazy people in your life than most people? Anybody? Yeah, ever, all of you. All of us. We could go around the room, oh yeah, well what about this person? And the next person, oh, well, my, wait till Thanksgiving. And my, my aunt with a beard likes to kiss everybody and it's weird. You know, whatever. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen, so important, so important. Do you know why those crazy people are in your life? Because God trusts you with them. Come on. Because... Because God trusts you with them. And he says, hey, come spend some time with me. Let me tell you how much I love you. Let me remind you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Right? Then let me take you to go and serve and love those that are the most unlovable people. Right? I have to be careful about telling stories because we're a small town. But... um, I have been, I have, been, I have taken up a new habit um, that I've gotten really into, and that is pickleball. All right. So, so I go down to Pear Park and play pickleball now, like three or four days a week. I might be addicted. I'm just, but anyway. So, but what's funny is because of this and because of some study that I've been doing, I notice when you get there, like there's a hierarchy. There's like the people that are, think they're cooler than everybody else. You know what I mean? And so it's funny to watch, like people ask me how long you've been playing. Oh, you can't play over here. You probably should go play with those people. And, and, and it's that kind of stuff. And it's funny because I have just made up my mind and I've targeted three people specifically that are just, they're turds. You know what I'm saying? Right? And I'm like, you know what? You're going to love me. You're, you're going to love me. And I've pushed in. And just been like, man, tell me about you. And they're, rah, 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 you know, but listen to me, but it is not because I feel like I have to. It's because that morning I'm reading my word and God's reminding me how much he loves me and all my sins are taken care of. Like all of them. Come on, somebody. Right. And all my stuff. And when I remind myself of that, well, then I go there. And when that person's like, rah, 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 then you know what I do in that moment? Listen, I bear their burden. Instead of taking on offense, I bear their burden. That's what the scripture just said. Do you hear the difference there? But it comes through relationship. It's only going to come. So let's talk a little bit. Let's close today talking a little bit about kind of where God has placed you. Now, we've got to get it straight on the front end. Are you hearing me? If it comes from religion, it's going to be miserable. Are you hearing me? But when it comes from relationship, right? That's just the Holy Spirit backing me up. When it comes from relationship, all right? Then, then you're going to find great joy, I promise you, in serving other people. Number one, you need to identify your sphere of influence. You need to identify your sphere of influence, okay? God has placed you in a certain place. Check this out, Second Corinthians 10 and 13. But we will not boast beyond limits, 
but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. Did you know you have an assignment? You have an assigned area, right? And we have plenty of people here that live in retirement communities. Guess what? That's your assignment. It is, right? We have people here, there's young people here, and guess you go to school, guess what? That school is your assignment. And your neighborhood, that is your assignment. Are you, are you hearing? No, you're not just happen to be there. You're not just passing through. Listen to me. I'm going to say this to you for real. For some of you that are wanting to get out of a situation you're in right now and you can't seem to get out of it, you know what the problem is? Is that God has an assignment, and until you fulfill the assignment, he's going to keep you there. Right? Acts 17, 26. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Are you hearing me? You have an assignment. Where, where are my people that feel like you have more crazy people than anybody else? Anybody? My wife is so amazing. She has such an amazing way of turning my brain and turning my mind. And so I will come home and unload. Anybody do that? Just come on, these are people. And somebody called, got an email. Right? And she'll just sit there and listen to me. Yeah, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when I get done, you know what she says? She goes, that's why God made you the man you are. He put the right guy there. That's a lesson, ladies. Listen to me. And how you need to be talking to your man. Are you hearing me? Right? Because as soon as she says it, I'm like, well, yeah. (laughs) Come on. All that is is a change of thought process. You're assigned to where you are. And God has put you there on purpose. And for those of you who are dealing with crazy, he just thinks you're crazy enough to deal with that crazy. It's an assignment. It is. It's an assignment that God has put you in a place. So here's the question. We're in all this weird politics and who's going to have the election and is it Biden? Is it Trump? And You're wondering what I'm going to say next, aren't you? So God, what are you going to do about this? And here's God's response. I sent you. I sent you. If each one of you will do relationship with me, spend time with me, read my word, hear my Holy Spirit, and then just do what I tell you to do in your sphere of influence, it'll all be just fine. Right? So where is your sphere of influence? Let me help narrow that down a little bit. My people. Part of my sphere of influence is my people. Who are your peeps? Right? So your immediate family is obviously part of your peeps. Your neighborhood is part of your peeps, right? Those people you spend time with, listen to me. Look around this week and understand that those people that God has put directly right around you. Some of you work at a place where you're like, that's your place because you spend a lot. That's you spend the majority of your time in that place dealing with those people. Listen to me. 
It's God's assignment. This week, I want you to change your mentality and understand. If I will do relationship with him and listen to his word and walk to this place. I got teachers here. I got a whole row of teachers back there. Right? And, and, and that is your place. And that is your peeps, those students, those, those athletes that you coach, those retirees that you live next to. That is your people. That is where God has assigned you. Next is your place. What is your place? What is your geographical place? Where do you spend your time? That is where God has assigned you. Are you hearing me? And lastly, your passions, right? In other words, that's hobbies or extra things you do. I'm, I, I brought up pickleball. Like me, go, like I'm looking at that and going, you know what? You've given me a new sphere of influence, right? It was awesome the other day because it's amazing when people find out I'm a pastor. <laughs> Their whole world changes towards me. You know what I'm talking about? Like we start playing a game and they're like cussing up every time they miss and son of a dog, job, back dog. So Mike, what do you do? And I always want to lie. <laughs> right? And, and I will just tell you, I have lied sort of like I'll say I'm a teacher just cause in that moment, which is not too much of a lie, but I do feel guilty. But, but point being is listen, is I recognize like that's my place of influence. This lady the other day, she found out I was a pastor. She's like, okay, so what should I call you? Like reverend? I'm like, no, don't call me reverend. Pastor, whatever, you know, kind of thing. And I said, what? how about you call me Mike? Let's, let's start with Mike. That'll be good. Right? Like the people, the place and the passion where God has placed you. Now, what do we do after we identify our area of influence? We do good to them, right? Number two is meet them in their place of need. Meet them in their place of need. Galatians 6 and 2, we just read it. Share each other's burdens. Let me say it to you this way. Find a need, fill it. Find a hurt, heal it. That's the assignment. That's what Jesus has called it. Guess what? You cannot do any of that out of religion. You can only do that if you are in relationship with Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and guiding you. Do you know what the biggest need around you is right now? It's not physical. It's not physical. It's not dollars and jobs and all this kind of stuff. Listen to me. The biggest need around you right now is emotional. We are in a mental health crisis in the United States right now. So there's people around you. You know, those those crotchety people that you work with. There's an emotional issue there. Why don't you bear their burdens? Why don't you just make up your mind tomorrow when I go to work? You know what? I'm going to react to that differently. I was dealing with somebody really, really difficult in my life. And I, I, it seemed like no matter what I did, I got a bad response. Like I felt like I was really failing at trying to deal with this relationship. And the Holy Spirit gave me this picture. It's kind of graphic, forgive me. But it gave me a picture of a woman who had just been beaten. Like somebody beat her up, raped her. She's balled up in the corner. And when you go over and you go, are, are you okay? And you touch, you touch a wound. She, Ow, you're always hurting me. And then you turn to walk away and the person goes, see, you never loved me. You ever deal with somebody like that? Listen to me, that's hurt. That's, that's bearing burdens. How do I, maybe I just go to prayer at that point. But the reality is that's church, that's who we're called to be. Now listen to me, if you hear what I'm saying right now and it feels burdensome, then you're thinking of it from religion. Are you hearing me? Your first step is to draw closer to Jesus. 
that you might know him and that he might give you the desires. You know, the scripture talks a whole bunch about he'll give us the desires of our heart. Listen to me, that doesn't mean we get all of our desires. That means he gives us his desires and they become what we want to do, right? That I, that I want to serve, that I want to love these hard people around me. Matthew 25 and 34, this is good. Then the king will say to those on the right, this is Jesus and the story of us one day standing before him. Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer, whoa, 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 what? What? What, God? What are you talking about? When, when... When, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, needing clothes and close you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Church, you're on assignment. And if we're outside of relationship with Jesus, we lose vision for the assignment. Right? We lose the heart of the assignment. So we identify our sphere of influence. We meet them where they are. Number three, you got to point them to Jesus and his church. Right? We point them to Jesus and his church. Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have to make sure that when we serve and when we love, it's not out of religion. Religion will make us look good and make us feel good. And that is the total reward of it. Did you catch that? But when I serve from a place of understanding who God is, when you get, when you really grasp Jesus, some of you guys remember, you remember the last time you just had an encounter with Jesus? It's just something that's hard to describe. It's sweet. It's just in his presence. And what's amazing about something like that is when you experience something great, what's the next thing you want to do? You want to tell somebody. Come on. Right? Like if I go and eat some amazing Mexican food, I'm like, bro, you got to go try these tacos. Right? If I go see a great movie, I'm like, oh, you got to see this. It's fantastic. Viral videos. Anybody weird like me? I like watching videos where people get hurt. You know what I mean? And you just want to send it to somebody else because I want you to enjoy that person getting hurt as much as I enjoyed that person getting hurt. It's kind of weird illustration, but you get the point, right? Listen to me. You can't share what you don't love. It will only be compulsory. So let me push you today, church. If you're struggling with dealing with people, if you're struggling with kind of the, the, the aggravation of this world, maybe it's because you're acting more out of religion than you are out of relationship. Are you, are you hearing me? We lose vision. It's, it's a loss of vision. But when I am connected to Jesus, when his Holy Spirit is speaking to me and talking to me and, and, and we're in communion, I see things differently, Right? I see the, the pickleball court as an evangelism tool. 
right? Not just, not just a chance to smash some old person with a ball. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you see your office differently. It's a place of ministry. It's a place to, a place to love. It's, it's a place to, to give. I, I got to tell you the story. I got to tell you what happened to me. I got to tell you about Jesus. I got to tell you, I, I got to talk about this. You ever read something in the Bible and it hits you? You know what I mean? Like I've done that where I read something and I think, I've read this 1,400 times, but I missed that. How did I miss that? That's amazing. And the next thing I'm like, Marcus, read this, dude. You got to read, right? Like I got to share it with somebody. Listen to me. Push in church. Push into Jesus, not religion. And when you do, the desires of your heart will change. And you will love and you'll have patience. And you'll have joy and kindness and gentleness and all of these things. So can I challenge you this morning? Let me ask you a few questions and then we're going to pray and close. I really want you to ask yourself if you're operating out of religion. Like where's my anger level? Where's, where's my frustration level? Maybe it's tied to the politics and everything that's going on. Let me ask you, go back and read your posts on your social media with a fresh eye and say, does that sound like somebody who's loved Jesus and excited about life? Or does that just sound angry? And if that's the case, listen to me, all of us flip flop back and forth between relationship and religion. So there's no shame in this reality. It's just something that I think Jesus wants to check in us this morning. Are you hearing me? And it's just as simple as you closing your eyes today and praying and saying, Jesus, forgive me. Because I've been trying to do this all on my own as a self-help thing. And I've been just performing religion. And today, I want to find myself back in relationship with you. So I want, I want to push back in. I want, I'm, going to, I, I'm going to get up and read your word tomorrow morning. I'm going to spend some time in prayer and understanding so that, so that I can walk out of my house into my sphere of influence with my peeps and my place. And I can fill needs and I can see you do miraculous things through my life because that's what you brought me freedom for. What's freedom for? It's for everybody around you. But real freedom has to be found in relationship in me first. Does that make sense? Let's pray and ask God to do that inside of us. Would you, would you close your eyes and pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity for us to sort of check our hearts you to bring us back to the place of getting out of religion. Father, I repent from religious thought and activity in me. I, create in me a clean heart, God. Jesus, forgive me for not doing relationship from drawing away. That I might make time to hear you, know you, understand you. So I can fulfill what you have given me this freedom for in serving others and loving in my sphere of influence. Father, for anybody here today who doesn't know you, would you draw them close? Help them to know you're very, very real in this moment. And if that's you today, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to give you some words. Nothing special about my words. What's special is the sincerity of your heart. And so if that's you today and you need to pray for the first time to, to ask Jesus to come into your heart, pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Today, I give you my heart completely. 
come in, cleanse me and make me new that I might find real freedom fulfilling the purpose and the meaning that you have for my life as best as I know how. I'm going to serve you the rest of my days. I pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let me remind you that we've got life steps today. And if you want to come check out what the church is about, it won't take you that long. If you have kids, tell the kids ministry. They'll keep your kids during that time as well. Uh, but church, I want to challenge you this week, man. The Holy Spirit's been all over me this week about places where I do religion instead of relationship. And so don't just walk away today and not do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like, let's push in a little bit and respond to what the Holy Spirit said. Team's going to lead us in worship. You may be dismissed whenever you feel, but if you want to hang in worship, they're going to worship through a song or so. Uh, But I just want you to know I love you. Jesus loves you. He wants so badly for you to come to your relationship with him. He's just, the Holy Spirit's standing there all the time going, I'm right here. Would you just draw into me? So, all right, church, have a great week. Would you stand? Let's worship out today. Oh!